You're listening to Baddie Bitches with your host, Brooke Thievarge from Bat Ceramics. Hey, that's me. On this episode, I chat with Sarah Beth Elkins about making connections, whether it's on social media or in person locally. Having trouble finding your niche? Want to make friends with someone on social media without feeling awkward? Well, sorry, there's no way to get around that awkward feeling at first. But hey, just remember, everyone's a little baddie sometimes. Sarah, how are you? Hi, Brooke. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, pretty good. There's a squirrel crawling along my roof right now. So if you hear (laughs) anything, that's what it is. Uh, I'd have to say the same thing. I have a few up there right now, and some birds are very happy to hear you in here. Nice. <laughs> All right. So, for everyone listening who don't know, who doesn't know you, um, how would you describe yourself and your artistic journey? Oh my. Um, well, let's see. Sarah Beth Elkins. Um, I just grew up around art. My dad is an artist. One of those people who can just kind of do anything. Um, by trade, he's a graphic designer, but, you know, is a painter, a sculptor, welder, woodworker, all those things. So my sisters and I all just kind of were exposed to that from an early, early age. And in college, um, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, but ended up getting an art degree and going straight into teaching, um, just because I wasn't quite prepared to go full-time I didn't know what medium I liked the most, you know what I mean? So um, I taught high school art for six years and in the meantime, just fell back in love with ceramics, ended up getting to teach it um, at the school I was teaching at and started doing shows, you know, and it was becoming like another full-time job keeping up with custom orders and things like that. So I just decided to take the plunge after about six years of teaching and I've been doing pottery full-time for about six years now. Wow. Six years. (laughs) Almost there. (laughs) It seems crazy, but I looked at the calendar the other day. I'm like, wow, it has been that long. That's, that's, you know, it's crazy. Doesn't it, doesn't it feel like a surreal feeling that you've been doing this one thing for such a long time and you're like, this isn't, it doesn't <laughs> feel real to me. No, it really doesn't, especially for how, how much I hated my job towards the end, you know, how, you know, every day just kind of, I dreaded going into work and now it's like, I can't wait to get out here to the studio and, and work. You know, it definitely yeah. surreal. I agree. Yeah, same. I hated my <laughs> retail job. and But yesterday, I did have one of those days where I just couldn't bring myself to work <laughs> in yeah. the studio. I just sat around all day and fiddled on my website. But it yeah, that's So this episode is about making connections like making friends within the same community that you want to be in art wise or just in general. So how important do you think it is to make friends within your desired art medium or area of expertise? Oh, it's, it's so important. I mean, there's so many facets of every job that, you know, your close little community, only they can understand. Right. So yeah. I think it's absolutely crucial. And I also think different levels of people within the community, your medium community, um, Mm -hmm. like our ceramics community, I think it's really important to stay connected with people who are just starting out, you know, students or people right out of college. And then also, if you can, like making connections with people who've been doing it for decades, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, just to soak up all of all of the information you can. <laughs> yeah, we can all learn from each other. There's there's yeah. so much. It's an endless circle of knowledge. It's really great. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think it's important for us to get out of our comfort zones, even if we feel awkward at first, like just do it. I think that's very important to just put ourselves out there because you never know what can happen. You can create you can find your best friend 
and, yeah, or absolutely. you can find a future job or opportunities that you had no idea were out there for you unless you actually put yourself out there. That's very true. Yeah. Hard, so, but true. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is hard, but you got to do it. I mean, yeah, there's no, no one else is going to do it for you. You got to do it. Yep. That is that the is, truth. Yeah. So <laughs> do you think it's all the people you know to help you become successful? Or do you think it's more pushing yourself to your limits? Well, I'd say it's definitely a good percentage of both. Um, uh, I'd say the bigger chunk of that would be pushing yourself. It's all about like self-motivation, right? Like, yes, you as you said yesterday, there are days that you will have that you're just like, bah, like I can't get focused or like me yesterday, I broke four or five things, which never oh. happened. Oh, no. I'm like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's when you just have to leave. Be like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done for the day. It's probably best for everyone that I stop. But um, so pushing yourself and you know the the annoying things like makers we just want to make, but having to do you know marketing and like like we're talking about making connections like that stuff takes time. Yeah. Um, and. I think the people that you make connections with like assist in how, in your, your drive, like your uh, work ethic. So I think they go hand in hand. I don't think that you would be as successful or as happy, just like 100% ignoring everyone and just making art. I'm, I'm sure some people are, but for me personally, I like the community, you know, especially if you're full time at home and you don't work out of a guild or a studio, like I don't have any coworkers and, you know, so I do. Yeah, you do. And I, I rely on chatting with, you know, you on Instagram or other friends I've made through social media that do what we do. Um, So I think it's a a good combination of both. I don't think you could have one without the other personally. Yeah, I agree. I think it definitely, they bounce back and forth all the time. You have to have the confidence in yourself to do things for yourself, for your own business. But then again, having people there that can guide you and give you advice and even their opinions about some things, those are so valuable for me. Like, I don't think I'd be where I am today without my online friends and the ceramics community that I'm a part of now. And even people locally, like, they've helped me grow into the person I am and the business that I have. Awesome. Yeah. So that goes into, I want to bring up the fact that, yeah, you really, if if you're not going to go for the online business route, then having the self-confidence locally is very important because you're not going to have any other outlet other than local if you're not going to strive for online. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to bring up this time when I was right out of college and I had all these paintings sitting around and I was like, I just need to sell these or get these out (laughs) of my house (laughs) because they're taking up so much room. So I put my paintings in my car and I went downtown to a few shops and I just went right in. I was like, hi, my name is Brooke. I just graduated college. Like I have these paintings and I was wondering if you guys would be willing to sell them in here. And lo and behold, they said yes. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I was, I never sold any of them, but. (laughs) Hey, but you did the hard part, (laughs) getting them in there. Yeah, exactly. I was, and afterwards I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Like, I don't usually do that. I don't usually put myself out there. And it was so fulfilling and it made me feel better about my path that I was on. Even Mm -hmm. though I didn't sell any paintings, I still felt good about it. (laughs) Absolutely. That's, that is a huge, even for me, like, even getting through the initial phase of communication with say a gallery or a little shop, um, getting it in there is the hardest part. Like I can make this stuff all day, but you know, I just, I'm not, I'd rather just be in here 
playing with the mud or the paint or whatever uh, and someone else do all that. So I, it, that is a, that's pretty impressive, Brooke. <laughs> Thank you. I was impressed by myself. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think it's really good to spread your name locally. Even if you're going yeah. to vendor shows, make friends with the other vendors. Those small connections can really be big leaps and bounds for your business. Mm-hmm. Like, just walk around if you have some time or if you have an extra buddy with you, have them mend your table. Walk around, say, hi, I'm a vendor here. and Or ask them random questions like where do you sell your work and blah 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 and that can help you get advice from them and open more doors for you in the area that you're in yeah i think that's really important well and you won't know exactly like you were saying earlier you don't know what opportunities are out there if you're just alone with yourself and your pots all day (laughs) yes Uh, you know whether it's just meeting a person, it may not be like a business connection, but meeting a friend or, or, you know, finding a place to sell your stuff um, locally. And then I also think it's really important to like promote each other. I've, I noticed specifically this last year, like the holiday season 21, more and more people sharing, Hey, I bought from this maker you know, the majority of my gifts for Christmas and, you know, just promoting each other's small business instead of, you know, for lack of a better term, like big box stores, uh, promoting each other. Like if you're going to spend money, you might as well spend money from someone who's working really hard. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that alone, meeting other people who, even if it's like a, you know, a produce farmer, Hey, I bought all my stuff from this produce farmer at this market, you know, local, and supporting the place you live. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think the online community has definitely opened so many doors Mm -hmm. for ourselves and it's just, it's becoming such a great outlet to be able to run our own small business online. So this is brand new. Like so many people back then weren't able to do it. I mean, the internet was only in like, what the late 80s <laughs> so it's really brand new yeah it, it really is a, yeah yeah it's a great it's a great community and if you're not willing to put in the time and effort then I don't think you're going to get people to the word about your work mm-hmm. I think it's important to like we said on my last episode with Krista to validate other people, to yes. to um, comment and like their stuff and share their things, that will open doors to becoming a friendship with that person. If they notice you and if they notice that you're also a maker, then they'll probably like your work too. And that's how majority of my friendships started on Instagram. Like with you, I think we were just going back and forth, like saying like, oh, I love your work and stuff like that. And then eventually it just grew into this like, hey, try this. I have Mm -hmm. this, you have that. And then it just it grew into this nice friendship that we have that we can just call on each other if we have a question. Yes, I think, and that's exactly how, you know, the majority of mine have gone is just opening that line of communication, no matter how it is like as simple as a DM. um, But then being able to exactly call on you like, Hey, I'm struggling with this so hard. I think our first conversation was about underglaze. And I'm like, I think so. help me. I don't know what clear to use. And you're like, I don't use clear. You know, it's just. It's <laughs> That's just right. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about pumpkins, the, my painted pumpkin mugs. And I was yeah. like, I don't use clear. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, well, that makes so I can see that now, you know, but you don't, I wouldn't have ever known that unless I'd asked or, you know, known certain things about you and your process unless, you know, we uh, yeah, we chatted about it. Did. Chatted about it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, and I'm I'm open to telling people some of my secrets. I mean, it's not really a secret. <laughs> <laughs> I know so, what you mean. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and help that helps us grow our technique. Also, like right. Since you didn't know that I use clear glaze, then you stopped using clear glaze for 
your pieces and then you realized, oh, I can do this on top of it if I didn't want to do clear glaze again. Like mm-hmm. there's so much that we can learn from each other and that creates that connection within our work. Like those little yeah. details can make our work go even farther. Yeah. And I, I'm all, all for the, you know, for the majority of things, sharing techniques and things like that, because if you're, if you're sharing those things with the right people, it's all about taking it and pushing it your own way. You know, nothing's technically proprietary anymore. Yeah. Um, so as long as you're not being directly copied, you know, what's the harm in sharing a little tip here and there? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So next question, I wrote down, do you believe your career wouldn't be where it is today without the connections you've made? Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I think if I just sat back and, you know, kept quiet, like I kind of wanted to at first, like I have to push myself to do, you know, to go out of my way online and stuff like that when it's not in person, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I, I definitely wouldn't because I've made a lot of really great friends. I can't say I've met all of them in person, but online yeah. um, through ceramics and through just having a small business platform online, uh, which has really helped, like you said, other people sharing then like a, a, a gallery seeing something or a, a brand seeing something and like, Ooh, maybe we could get with her and you know, all those types of connections. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to just do that all on my own. Yeah. I wouldn't have either. It's just, it's amazing feeling to have all these people backing you up. Yeah. It makes me feel like I can pull this off. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, even if you don't have a super great uh, support system, like uh, of your work at home, I'm not saying you don't, but I, I talk to people all the time who are like, yeah, my husband is just like, can't you get a real job or you know things like that or parents parents or in-laws being like how's your little business you know mine aren't like that but uh make that clear but I know a lot of other people don't have that support system so I think it's doubly important for those people to have the online community and friendships of like-minded people you know yes to be encouragement Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the encouragement can help us go really far, not only within our work, but ourselves. And I think that's very important to have that like system of love. Basically yeah, love. <laughs> you're right, because it's it's a it's an emotion towards someone else like, oh, I really hope her update goes well or encouraging for a new design or a new whatever, you know, whatever it may be. They are friendships. And uh, I think having a good, solid support system, no matter who it is, family or not, um, is definitely important as a person and as a maker. Yeah. And I just want to point out that I'm going to have an episode eventually that's called (laughs) Non-Believers that talks about um, your family or your friends in, in reality that don't believe in you being oh, successful man. as a small business. Ooh, that's going to be a yeah. good one. Yeah. I yeah. I don't want to make my, my family upset, but there are a few things that they have said to me that I don't think I'll ever forget, but I still love you if you're listening. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is a lot of those comments and, you know, I've experienced it too, especially at the beginning, like quitting my, steady job um they're just offhand from other people because they don't they can't necessarily put themselves in our shoes like oh I could never do that well a you're not me b you people forget how much their words can really hurt you and uh I've there are several things I've come to the top of my head immediately when you talk when you said you would have a whole episode about it because those those comments don't leave our brains you know they kind of sit there but it's also you can use it as a motivator or you could just really let it defeat you and that's that's the difference in what you do with those crappy comments yeah I think I try to I make it feel like a motivation to show them like I am capable 
So yeah, that you can watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So with our friendships online and we're getting into the connection friendship is doors for us. I just want to bring up the fact that I'm so honored that you messaged me and asked me if I wanted to become part of the Speedball Network. Wow. And I I just want to say thank you so much. I've been playing with the underglazes and I really do enjoy them and I'm getting awesome. new colors that I've never thought of before, which is great. So yeah, it's it's in a way it's kind of all the people who know you like you know me I know you and mm-hmm. we helped you helped me get this huge opportunity like it might not seem that big but to me I'm, I'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah I I was happy to I I've been a part of their what is it called the professional artist community um for a while and all I did was I knew several people in the ceramic side of things um who were members like uh Amanda bees knees and several other people um that I saw oh that wow that's really cool how did they get that gig you know but I was a little too shy to ask um so all I did was I just started I'd already had a handful of their underglazes speedballs so I just started tagging them and it was as simple as that they reached out like hey want to be part of this want to do a takeover and you know there you go so in the new year they sent out an email saying, Hey, if y'all know anyone that would be a good fit. And because of our communication and our friendship, you immediately came to my mind because you use predominantly underglaze. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly the natural progression of it. And I think it's a big deal. I'm really excited for you and it's fun to see other people succeed and get new opportunities. And like you said, you're getting new colors that you maybe wouldn't have chosen or ordered and you know who I can't wait to see what you do with it yeah I'm excited about it I've already got like the lineup of posts that I'm gonna put when I take over one weekend (laughs) I I, I'm just ecstatic about it and I'm nervous but that's just my anxiety but uh yeah I think it's a great growing like steps stepping stone for myself and my business Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's going to be really good. So thank you again yeah. for doing that for me. I'm so happy. I'm so happy for you. I'm happy to be able to help in any small way. Thanks. So yeah, that goes with anybody out there who is wondering, like, how do I get become a part of this? The little things that you do, like you said, you were just using their hashtag, and that yeah. that brought your work to their face. <laughs> And it just opened that door for you. So those little tiny things, those little messages or hashtags or Mm -hmm. emails, like it can really do a lot for us to get our, just to squeak the door open. Just Yeah, I mean, (laughs) exactly. And you can be as mad as you want at Instagram for changing things or whatever, but you know, there are ways to use it to your benefit. You just have to get over it and just do it. That's a great point. Yeah. I think a lot of people, a lot of small business artists, they, we, well, I have been too, but just in general, complaining about Instagram changing so often. And yeah, I'm not fully comfortable doing reels all the time, but we have to get ourselves in that predicament of putting ourselves out there just a little more yeah just to benefit us just so we can keep up with this lingo of the online social media because it's always it's constantly changing and we just have to change with it yes you have to be able to adjust and evolve and i think you know artists with the small business online presence I think we get frustrated because as soon as we feel like we get a handle on something and it's directly tied to our sales most of the time, um, they change it. And I get that that's frustrating, but there's just so many people who have 
like other potters online who have said, you know, just get over it. Like if, if you want to be mad about it, then you're the only one to blame when you don't have an online presence anymore and you're not making any sales, like just get on the bandwagon and do what they ask or you only have yourself to blame. And that's hard. That's a hard pill for me to swallow because I loved Instagram as a photo platform. I love taking pictures, but who is it? Kurt Hammerly always says like video has always been King. Maybe we just haven't always been utilizing it, but think about how much more um, of a connection I can make with what one of your pieces looks like in a video as opposed to a still. So I get it. People want to be part of the, you know, the background process, the how to's, the, this and that, the process videos. So it's hard to, swallow when they change it up but I think we just have to roll with it and like you've said push yourself out of your comfort zone because you don't know what could come from it exactly yeah someone um like excuse me like a state over could see your video and be this huge CEO of this company or whatever and be like oh I want I want you to help branding or something like that yeah, you never know. If, if that's what your business is going for. Mm-hmm. Or or for us, Speedball sees right. our work. And someday I'm hoping Amica will see my work. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink, hint, hint. Yeah, I mean, and, but that's the thing is I, I was always very intimidated. I mean, I still am. I'm a nervous Nelly. Um intimidated by all those big brands or all the, you know, big Instagram potters or famous potters, whatever. Um, but they want to know you like Amico speedball, all these products, they want to know you because you're, you're helping them promote their product. You know, like I remember right when, um, the lockdown, you know, 2020 happened, Amico did a challenge like Amico clay at home. And yeah, they just I remember wanted- that. Yeah. And like that introduced me to a ton of other artists who I'd had no idea about. I mean, there's infinite amount of potters and artists, right? So, but that little platform of a, you know, a little company or they're not little, but you know what I mean? A product company that makes stuff for us, for our medium, putting that out there introduced me to all kinds of new techniques just by seeing the way other people use their products. Like I, I just think it's such a cool web that you can, that can be woven online. I agree. Yeah. I would go through that hashtag just to find new artists to follow. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm like, give yeah. me more stories. Let me see all this. Stuff. Yeah. I want to see your work. Your work is inspiring me to create my work. Let's, let's bounce ideas. Let's do oh, it. And that too, like just the encouragement and like motivation by just seeing something that inspires you. Like, okay, let's get back out to the studio. I have this new idea because of this new thing I saw. Like it's, it's all connected. Oh, yeah, it is. And I think a lot of people, a lot of artists, they think like, oh, I did this and now this person's also doing it, but they put their own spin on it. So it's not really copying, in my opinion. Like there, you've seen so many mushroom mugs. I see so many mushroom mugs and so many mushroom art in general. And I think that it's a big melting pot of ideas and we just can't be upset when we see another artist doing something similar to ours. As long as it's not a full copy, yeah. I think it's fine. I I agree. And I've been <laughs> I've been on kind of both sides of it. I've been directly copied. Um, and that sucks. And that's a whole nother story. But like I've had people message me you know, Oh, I love your, and I, you have one, like my pumpkin mugs that are pumpkins Mm -hmm. themselves. You inspired me to do a pumpkin mug and they send me a picture of it. And at first I get really butthurt and I'm like, Oh, someone else is doing this, but like, who cares? I did. I didn't invent the pumpkin, you know, and I also didn't invent drinking vessels. So you can't really be mad unless it's a direct copy and they're using my glazes, the exact markings, you know, you, you do you exactly with the mushroom thing. Like it, you didn't invent mushrooms. So 
if you draw one simply on a pot, it's going to be pretty easy for someone else to copy it. True. Yeah, you got to make that that small connection of, all right, they're doing mushrooms. I also want to do mushrooms, but how can I change this in a way that it's original to what I want people to see my work as? Yes, exactly. And that's the most important thing. So you're not copying. You're just pulling inspiration and you're making that connection with their work to your work. Yeah. And it's it's all a big inspiring catalog that mm-hmm. is online. Yeah. Well, and you put your work out there, you can't be upset when someone is inspired by it. And that's where I have to end up in my whole train of thought when something like that happens. And I had a, yep. a, on the other side of that, I had just started playing around with colored, or colored, playing around with underglazes doing sgraffito. I just wanted to try it. And um, several years ago, like three or four years ago. And I, if you've ever seen my work, I do a lot of very brightly colored stuff. I do a lot of florals, a lot of fruit and veggies and stuff like that. Um, and again, I didn't invent the strawberry. I didn't invent the peony. Uh, it's just all about how you make it your own. Right. So I just starting out with this new technique, new to me techniques graffito. I painted red underglaze on a mug, carved out some strawberries. I painted blue underglaze on a mug, carved out some blueberries. I was so proud of them. I was so excited. I loved them, got them all fired, posted them, sold them. And then I started getting messages from just a few friends like, hey, this girl's copying your work. And I won't mention the name, um, but they were exactly like mine. And sure enough, I went back and it's almost like she and I had the same idea at the same time, but neither of us were following each other, which is wackadoo to me. (laughs) But literally say it was July of 2020. I posted my strawberry mug and like July 2nd, she posted hers, like kind of like that type of timeline. And I'm like, well, yeah, who knows who had the idea first, but we weren't following each other. We weren't trying to copy each other, but long story longer, what it did was inspire me to go further, push it further, like immediately jump out of the, the, preliminary trials of just, you know, single line drawing and single colors in Sgraffito. And it developed a whole new style for me um, with all my different colors and things like that. So it pushed me to not be, for for lack of a better term, basic um, in my application and make it my own. So, yeah, that's a great way that it quote unquote copying could (laughs) push you to become better. Yeah. Or even more different. I think that's great. Yeah. I, whenever I think of, oh, I have this great idea. I think it's great (laughs) in my own head. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, what if someone also comes up with the same idea and they post it first and then I can't do that word because they did it before me. Uh. I always have this back and forth in my mind. Like right now I have this awesome sketch that I was really inspired by um, the Hagrid's ride at Universal Studio, like the walkthrough of like that castle-like cathedral windows and the moss growing out Mm -hmm. of it. And like, I'm so inspired by it. And I have this sketch in my sketchbook right now, but I'm like, I don't want to do it until Halloween because like, that's when I do my witchy stuff. But then I'm like, what if someone does it before then? Well, then, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. You can't let that. And I know you won't. You can't let that hold you back from doing it and doing it your way. Because, you know. Yeah. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't wait to see it personally. Yeah, I'm really excited. I can send you a picture of it after this. (laughs) Yeah, please do. Yeah. So let's go into the listener questions. I got a couple that I asked people on Instagram about. So this one says, how to, do I make connections online without feeling awkward about it? <laughs> oh, uh, good question. I think it's just, for me, it's always awkward the first few times. 
And you can tell pretty straight away if someone has any interest in talking to you or not. Like I've had, I've been shut down quite a few times. Um, but it's just about continuing to do it. Like if you want to make connections, you're the only one that can really do it. So true. Yep. Just do it. It's going to be awkward. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be awkward at first. I mean, I am an awkward person and I like to be very blunt with my first comments. <laughs> like if I like something like in a story and something funny comes to my mind, I'll just type it and send it. Be like, yeah, sure. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see what happens. Let's see yeah. what they respond with. <laughs> you're either going to be my people or you're not. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so the same way. The next question, kind of this in the same wheelhouse. Actually, all of these questions are kind of in the same wheelhouse. Um, how to approach an Instagram artist appropriately? And I think they meant a famous Instagram artist okay. that has a lot of followers. So, yeah. How huh. do you think? So I wonder if they meant like with, I guess it depends on the question. Like. Yeah. Usually I don't message someone unless there's a purpose behind it, right? I'm not just like, yeah. hey. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's kind of weird. That's that's <laughs> awkward. <laughs> yeah, don't send me hey. Like I'm not gonna respond to you with that. If ask me a question, like if you don't want me to dead end it, ask me a question that I have to answer. Um, but I guess just if it's in the if it's in the realm of like asking a question about their process, just be cognizant of They may not want to give it to you if they've, you know, spent hours and hours and hours or it's some special combination, glaze combination or whatever. Like I've run into that and there have been a few that I haven't wanted to give out um, just for fear of being directly copied because you never know. But um, just be respectful of the time and effort that they have put in to get to where they are. When yeah, you're exactly. asking, when you're asking process questions or technique questions, because in my experience, it's all about how you ask me. I I am much more prone to give you advice or um, tips if you're polite and you don't just like want to know my secret and never speak to me again. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I I agree. Like you have to be nice for one yeah <laughs> don't be so me. don't be so blunt I mean all the blunt comments that I put out there are to my actual friends <laughs> right. I'm not like messaging a random person that I've never spoke to before because that yeah. is weird um but yeah you you have to be confident in your question first and then be nice and don't get so hard on yourself if they're not messaging you back as soon as you send the message. Sure. Like, because then you'll feel like, oh, this person could care less about me. Like, they are snobby. Like, no, it's just that maybe they're super busy. Right. <laughs> or they have so many messages coming in at one time, they can't fulfill their messages in That's a time I would guess I would guess people who have such a crazy huge following like could probably barely keep up or mm-hmm. a lot of those bigger people who have like employees and things like that they may not even run their social media you know completely um yeah. so it may be like every Thursday they check their messages or something I don't know but I just feel like um and this sounds dumb, but make it worth their while, like make them want to talk to you, uh, with how you approach them. And, uh, it all depends on what you're asking. I've had people, and I'm not one of those huge, big conglomerates, but, um, I've had people ask, like, they basically want me to give them a pottery lesson through the phone, like through DM. And I'm like, just, you know, I, I don't have time to message you 46 times about like process questions. Like, how do you throw? Then what do you do next? And then how do you do this? Like there, there are questions that I'm happy to answer and that's most of the time, but you know, I can't, I can't teach you from scratch. Yeah. That's impossible to do it over (laughs) messaging. Like YouTube is there for a reason. 
<laughs> yeah, I look stuff up all the time, so you can do it too. If you have enough wherewithal to message me, you can look up a YouTube video. Yeah, and I also want to bring up if they're not messaging you back and it's like a super important question that you have to know like then and there, <laughs> then deep dive into their website and find their email address because we're more prone to answering an email than a DM on Instagram. Oh, I agree. I agree. Cause that yeah. means you're serious and you're not just like trying to waste my time is kind of how I see it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It, it makes that more professional. Professional. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I wanted to bring up because you were saying about um, commenting the right thing, like DMing in a nice way and don't be asking certain questions that we might not want to answer. But I just want to bring up this one time I got a message from this guy. I followed him and I think Instagram does this weird thing where if you are both mutually following each other, then the message doesn't get put into message requests. It just goes directly to primary or general. Okay. And I didn't I didn't know that. And I got this message from this guy that supposedly I followed because he was also a ceramic artist and I really liked his work. And all he said was Tell me about your work. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, um, my pictures aren't good enough for you. <laughs> what do you want me to say, dude? <laughs> exactly. And because I felt that way, I ignored him. And then five minutes later, he said, or not. Oh, my. Like, well, I'm going to block you now. You're no longer a friend. Right. Way to make me uncomfortable, weirdo. Yeah. So oh, don't that's do weird. that. Yeah, don't do don't that. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, if, if anyone out there is having a hard time um, reaching out to artists that they inspire to be like or their work, I suggest just saying hi message them or comment whatever you feel comfortable doing like hi i really enjoy your work you inspire me blah 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 yeah. and then ask them a question usually that's a really good way to get yourself in their mind oh, and yeah. their life compliment them first and then ask your question <laughs> <laughs> yeah pat us on the back why don't you <laughs> the question how social media plays a role in perceiving comments because we aren't saying them in person, so mm -hmm. the tone of our voice can be different in real life. Sure. So a lot of people perceive comments negatively. So do you think there's a way around that, or is it just is what it is? Well, it also it depends on your intention. If you you know if you're wanting to compliment someone or the opposite of compliment or just kind of like give your opinion. I think it's just all in what you say. You have to think about how, okay, maybe that could be read wrong and that's not how I mean it. Well then don't say it that way. Say something else or put a smiley face or, I mean, I don't know. I feel like being vague is the easiest way to be misunderstood anyway. So via type, just say exactly what you mean and maybe read it back to yourself. Like, could this be construed any other way? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I understand. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I think the connections that we can make online and in person benefits our business and us as a person. I've noticed throughout my couple years being full-time, having the outlet of having friends and a local community that know my work and know me has helped me become better every, like every step of the way. I feel like with each collection that I do, I just, I feel like I'm getting better and I, I really hope I am. Yeah. <laughs> but I think... I don't know, it's those little connections that I keep making and and realizing on my my journey 
without those little things, I don't think I'd be where I am today. I don't, I really truly think I would still be not trimming the butts of my pots. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Even little things you forget about that you you know, saw on someone else's work or they gave you a tip or a customer at a show, you know, says, Ooh, I wish this were this way. And it pisses you off, but it motivates you to be better. You know, things like that. Yeah. All those little tiny things do add up and, you know, having the outlet to complain to someone who gets it, you know, about a bad kiln load or, you know, trying new things, encouraging each other. I mean, I have a little group of ladies that all potters and we just started or one of the girls was like hey what if we did a little monthly challenge to uh kind of push us out of our comfort zone and make like different themed things like in this month is uh anything egg related for like easter you know something i never would have done and i ended up making this little jar that looks like an easter egg with a bunny on top and i absolutely love it so just little things like that i would have never made myself do that you know um yeah. but those same ladies i can complain to and troubleshoot and be like which idea do you like better should i use orange or blue you know those you forget when you leave like my situation teaching I had other art teachers that I could bounce ideas off of and I had a million 16 year olds who would tell me the truth at the drop of a hat without being asked <laughs> right so when you leave that environment like you forget how important the, that back and forth is um you know I'm over here talking to the wall like do you like this better or do you like this better so having online people or wherever they are but having those connections is i is so crucial to to me yeah i agree and i was laughing because i was just imagining a group of 16 year olds just <laughs> telling me like your your shit <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah like things you would never think like they just they're just like you know kids all grow like little what do they say kids will tell you the truth well so will 16 18 year olds they I remember I was trying out my new, the pumpkins, the pumpkin mugs. Um, I was doing those and just starting out and I tried to turn one sideways so that the, the stem would come out of where it would come out in a regular pumpkin, right? Yeah. And it ended up because I was trying to be semi-realistic that the bottom of the pumpkin was on the side and it straight up looked like a butt hole <laughs> and I did not know that I was just like this is what the bottom of a pumpkin looks like and I don't remember his name but he was like why did you put a butthole in your mug I was like uh yeah this one's going in the trash oops <laughs> oops you know like just things like that or I had I was trying marbling and they're like that looks like raw bacon okay I won't <laughs> be doing that anymore you know just that kind of stuff the brutal oh, truth that's great. I love that. That I want that every day. <laughs> right? It is. It's helpful, even though annoying. It's helpful. Yeah. Because you think you think that you're actually doing something really nice, and then yeah. someone comes along, and you're like, "Oh, you're right." <laughs> yeah. However, I will say my husband is really good about that because he's not an artist in any way, but he's very creative and. Um, he can look at something and be like, that doesn't look right, you know, and I respect it. And uh, I don't know, there was a design like a few updates ago, a few batches ago, and they didn't sell because they turned out super weird. And I was like, man, I realize now how creepy these are. And he was like, yeah, I wasn't going to say anything, but those are ugly. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything after you made that and tried to sell well, it's that. Like, well, you know how it is at a at certain stages, some things look okay, but when, it's when I added the glaze and Anyway, it's it was it made me laugh. I'm like, we well, should have said something. He's like, they didn't look bad until you until they were done. <laughs> oh shoot! Because yeah. when you glaze something, it changes the entire thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, I should have just left these alone or threw them in the garbage. Uh, you should have just glazed one and then saw what happened. I am not mm -hmm. a good tester. I don't have the patience for it. And, no, and I say that, and I don't even do it myself. <laughs> 
Well, you do. Well, you do a good, I don't know if you do this anymore, but um, your testers are functional from what oh, I recall. Yeah. I'm looking at yeah. one right now with the yeah, pumpkin sure. mug I have from you. You gave me a little, like a little teeny tiny bowl and I love it. I put my, uh, the tips of my applicator bottles in it and keep oh, them all sweet. in there. So yeah, that's glad you're using it. Yeah, to make your testers functional. And that's why I skipped that whole process. Is I'm like, I'm just going to test it on a mug. And if it works, it works. Yeah. But, you know, I think the little tiny bowls are such a great idea. Thanks. Yeah, I. it was more of I was trying to figure out something to sell at a vendor show that was under $5. Yeah. Just to make more money and actually have people willing to buy pottery. Because a lot of people <laughs> locally don't want to buy pottery. Mm. But when you see a teeny tiny bowl, there's so many options for that thing. Oh, and yeah. And then I can test all, any glaze that I want or any design or what have you on this tiny little three-inch bowl. That's so smart. It is. And having those varying price points is also such a great idea that people forget about at shows yeah. specifically. Yeah. Like, I remember... My last art show, Art in the Park, in September of last year, I sold majority of small bowls. Huh. It was just people walking by, grabbing them, being like, oh, that's cute, and then giving me a couple dollars, whatever the price was for it. <laughs> that's like, awesome. Oh, sweet. You never I know. Yeah, you never know. You really never know. And like you said, having that price range is so important for selling locally and online too. I think having our prices vary for the people who can't necessarily afford an expensive mug, but still want to support you. I think that's yeah. really important. Yeah. And that's how I see it as, um, you know, trying to put yourself in the customer's shoes because we, we buy things too um, from other people. It's like, okay, I may not need what you have that's at your higher price point or the majority of things you do, but I do want to support you. Um, and I just want to buy handmade. I want to buy from a maker. And yeah. the more I can do that, the better. And I like um, buying little trinkets as gifts too, you know? Yeah, I think that might have been the reason why I sold so many mini bowls because they make great gifts. They do. That's such a great, yeah. such a great marketing thing. Like throw this in a stocking or like a, just because thinking about you type little yeah, gift. Exactly. Or you can have a crap ton of them for yourself and you can have them in every single room of your oh, house. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> right. I have them all over the place. Yeah. My mom has, I think she has a mini bowl down in Florida, they bought a new house and there's a mini bowl in almost every room. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. And I walk in, I'm like, hmm, I guess I wonder who made that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put one ring here. I'll put another ring in this room. I'll put another. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So I want to bring it back to the making connections. I want to talk about making connections within our own work. Like I know we brought up making the connection with another being inspired by another person's artwork and then having that light bulb click in our own mind of wow I really like this thing I want to put that in my work mm -hmm. and I feel I just want to bring up the fact that I made that connection with my work from my painting background mm -hmm. and then my passion for pottery and I brought the two together and it took me almost a year to realize that connection. <laughs> like, how come I didn't? I didn't realize it before. And it came up and I was like, oh, my God, there's paint on pottery. <laughs> you can do that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So I think it's important for, especially for artists who are just starting out, who haven't found their niche yet, sit down with yourself and write a list of everything that inspires you oh, yeah. and everything you really enjoy, things you like to make, um, color schemes, like, and then put that into your work and find what speaks to you. And I feel like with those little connections that you're putting together, 
in your own mind and then putting it into your reality, you Mm -hmm. can find your niche that way and you can find your originality. And it, it just takes that little effort of sitting down and doing it. Well, that's, that's absolutely right. And also it has to be personal. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle is they see something they really like, um, you know, they're, they're struggling to find their niche, like you said, and they're trying to make someone else's thing, their thing. And there's just, that's just such a horrible way to go about it. There's so many ways you can make it your own thing. Like if you like sewing and you like pottery, do weavings, you know, do, there's so many ways to incorporate the things that make it yours and not someone else's. And you have to be, if you're making a business out of it, you have to be able to want to do it every day. So why not make it, like you said, make a list of things you like to do and make it work for you and not be someone else's ideas. Yeah, exactly. And there are a ton of other artists on their pottery and there are in my following, I think there's like handful, only a handful of artists that do realistic painting on pottery. And mm-hmm. when I found that realization and it just felt like everything clicked for me when I painted my first fawn on a mug, Aww. I was so ecstatic and I just like right now I'm at a loss of words because (laughs) I was so happy about it and I remember calling my mom and been like you need to come over here and you need to look at this thing I made because I I can't even believe I made it and and this is (laughs) this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life because I have this deep gut feeling and one when you have that feeling it it's like all of the other things that you were playing with experimenting with just get pushed aside oh yeah you just go for it that's awesome and And I think that's the goal for everyone it's like I want that feeling I want I want to be so enamored with my own stuff you know yeah if you don't like your work then it's not going to be good work, right yeah that's right yeah, I think, I think so. At least like got to have a little of yourself and everything. So, yeah, true. If you don't feel like your soul is in something, then it obviously isn't going to be your best work. And we've seen that like with our process growing, your first works aren't your best because you're just starting out and yeah. you're trying to find yourself within your work or your work within yourself or both (laughs) all the above right yeah so when that clicks for you just keep going with it and and keep changing it up like add new things to it though make that connection with another art medium and then you're bringing it all together and it's becoming this one-of-a-kind extraordinary thing yeah and and then once you find that niche and your originality, then other people are bound to find you on Instagram if you're posting about it. Yeah. And that's that's the kicker right there is you have to be willing to, if it's out of your comfort zone, step out of it and promote, market yourself. I mean, no one's no one's going to know you're making it if you're not posting it in, in this day, you know? Yeah. I was yesterday when I couldn't I didn't want to work and I was fiddling with my website I had this thought come in my head and I was like oh my god what if social media disappears and I'm only stuck with my newsletter how all the time yeah like how am I going to show new people my work other than locally like, mm-hmm. how is it going to work if I'm only having these people that are already signed up for my newsletter? Like, it's going to rely on those people who are already on my newsletter mm-hmm. as word of mouth or to forward my emails to their other friends and become a part of it. So if you don't have a newsletter right now, I would definitely jump on that. Yeah. And 
I think it it's hard to describe, but I we rely on other people to spread the word of our work. Yes. It starts it starts with us, but it's like a domino effect. And without those dominoes, nothing's happening. Yeah, exactly. I mean, think about it from a from a simple standpoint. You can only sell to your friends and family for so long. And then yeah. <laughs> you know, you and they only have so many friends. You have to get it out there somehow. And I have that fear like every every few weeks it pops into my head, like the fear of social media, like collapsing, which it totally could at any minute. And like, have I, what have I done or what have I not done to drive people to, you know, uh, subscribe and uh, a newsletter is just, it's the only way to have some sort of cushion if, and when social media bites the dust temporarily or whatever, you know, if it's a new platform, we'll have to start all over and, you know, hope for the best. <laughs> Just hope for the best. Exactly. Go old school, send out emails and start all over. Yeah. I hope it never happens, but you know, we, you just never know. You never know what's going to happen these days. Yep. And you have yeah. to be prepared, at least mentally know that it's an, a possibility is what I would say. Just, prepare yourself in your brain that it's probably that if it happens, it's going to suck, but that you did something and you have some, you're even if it's 15 subscribers, like you have someone to start with. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah, definitely start somewhere and it doesn't matter if it's small, at least you did it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And that goes for growing your following on social media. Like, at least you're stepping into the zone, like that gray area of I'm here. Hello. Yep. Oh, I <laughs> love seeing those accounts. Like the, I don't want to say like overzealous, but the accounts that are so new and they're doing the right thing. They're reaching out, they're commenting, they're asking questions and they, you go to look at their profile. Cause I, anytime someone messages me and asks a, a process question, I immediately go look at their profile and I just get so excited seeing new potters, you know, with three posts and 20 followers. Like, I love that. You're putting yourself out there. You're starting from scratch and you're doing the right thing. You're on the right path. Like, I love seeing that. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of myself. Absolutely. <laughs> we were, yeah. Cause we were there once everybody, the people who have thousands of followers, hundreds of thousands of followers, they were in that beginning step way yeah. back when. Like, we've all been there. We've all yeah. started from nothing and we grew from our experience. And yeah, so don't doubt yourself when you have only a hundred, a hundred ish followers. And it, it comes with time. And once you, get your name out there and you make your friends online, those friends will open more doors for you and maybe they'll share your work. And if they have more followers than you, then great because then their followers are seeing their shared mm -hmm. story of your work and that's just bringing more people in. And I think that has made a really big impact on everyone's social media is sharing other people's work on mm -hmm. their story or even as a post because that may be the biggest growth that I've seen on my account is people sharing my mm -hmm. posts. Yeah, I haven't getting, been getting a lot of followers other than that. Yeah. Getting your, like someone else helping you out and getting your work in front of a whole new group of followers eyes. Like that's, that's definitely been, you know, all the Instagram is super weird right now with everything, but like, that's where I'm getting most of mine. And I get so excited anytime I see even just a story share or whatever. I'm just like, thank you. You have no idea how helpful that is. I mean, no one does. It could lead to nothing and it could lead to a really great thing, a connection, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. I said that how many times already? <laughs> you never know. You never, never know. know. 
yeah so i think that's that yeah i think that's the <laughs> podcast everybody yeah, all right <laughs> yeah so my last question for you sarah is where can people find you online i know we talked about instagram but you got anywhere else well, um, Instagram, Sarah Beth Pottery, and my email, you can find through there, through my website. And my website is, uh, you know, where I make all my sales. I'm not currently selling in person anywhere. It's too hard with my new baby. baby. But, um, you know, yeah, social media is the place to go. You can email me through there. And, Yeah. Yes, I'm not going to give you my phone number. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you don't want some weird, awkward text messages? And hey, tell me about your work. <laughs> Hard pass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, taking the time, and doing the pod with me. I really appreciate this. Thanks, Brooke. I, I enjoyed it. Great. I'm so glad. And thank you for being one of my online friends. You you really inspire me to do better. Oh, same. Likewise. Oh, I think you. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. To summarize this episode, it's all about putting ourselves and our work out there to create friendships that can bring us new opportunities. You're not in this alone. And if you'd like to expand more on the topic of making connections, slide into my DMs. For updates on new episodes, follow at baddiebitches underscore podcast on Instagram. And here's your friendly reminder to stay baddie bitches.